Welcome to the No Clue Podcast, episode 94. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. Uh, we got a, a big heavyweight bout to talk about real quick. <laughs> Not much to talk about, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> man, Tyson Fury, man. Well, from watching it, uh, first of all, congrats to Tyson Fury. He's the new heavyweight champion. Uh, two divisions, I believe. Maybe three now. Um, he he came to fight. One man really came to fight this time. And uh, <laughs> the other one just did not. That's really all I saw watching. Um, Wilder has come out with his... Um, what he says was the reason why his legs were wobbly in the fight. It wasn't the fact that his eardrum might have been ruptured and he was bleeding out of his ear. and Which apparently it wasn't. Right. Apparently it wasn't. Um, but when you do bleed out of your ear, like your ears are where your balance mm-hmm. is. is So well, that wasn't the reason. It was actually <laughs> the 40-pound... Terminator outfit he came in, uh, black diamonds all over it. Uh, it was forty pounds. He said it weighed him down after uh, he took it off. His legs were weak. He walked too far carrying forty pounds. So uh, <laughs> that's it. How do you how do you even have the the balls to say that shit? <laughs> like right. Even if you're even if you're being honest, which I'm sure he is, you look soft saying that. Yeah, you do. Like, dude, you tried the cut. There's a bunch of reports that you tried it on the night before. Right. And if you didn't, then you're an idiot. Right. And it's like, dude, you just look stupid saying that. (laughs) And then after he wants to be like, well, no, no, no. Like, I want to give all the credit to Tyson Fury. Like, just shut up then. Just give him the credit. Right. That was really bad, too. I mean, it yeah. was like four rounds that all could have been uh, Wilder getting knocked out. And it just showed that Wilder, although he has, as many say, the most powerful uh, weapon in all of sports, the most lethal weapon in all of sports, his right hand, if he can't throw the right hand, he's he can't box. He's not a good boxer. He really he hasn't show- been a good boxer in like four or five fights now. <laughs> I know, and he's just been throwing that hand. Right. And what Fury did, he sat on his um sat on the hand so you know, Wilder would have to turn to try to hit like turn really fast to try to hit Fury and when he turned Fury was hitting him. So he was just timing it and staying away from it, making Wilder have to throw it really awkward. And when he got into the awkward position, Fury would hit him. So And Wilder never adjusted I don't know if it's his corner. If his corner was telling him something, 
this is one of the worst performances by a corner I've ever heard, I've ever seen. And if they weren't, they were telling him something he just wasn't listening. Then I mean, Wilder, you just you're just not a skilled boxer. That that's I, I honestly think that's what it is, man. He just doesn't like he he just didn't look like prepared almost. He didn't. There was no strategy, and I, I, I guess it's tough when your legs are gone. But it's like apparently you let your legs be gone because of something stupid that you did. Right. So it's like I can't I can't feel bad for you. Right. So that that was a letdown, man. I got to be honest. As far as like big fights. Yeah, you know, I've been let down by a lot of heavyweight fights lately, and uh. Heavyweight heavyweight fights either look too easy, or is it really just isn't a lot of skills. There's a lot of big guys who can take punches and hit hard. It's, I mean, that's all it looks like sometimes. Um, and Fury, I mean, Fury is showing that he's a skilled boxer and he does have good um, strategy when he comes into the ring. But other than Fury, I, everyone else to me is just very just big and it um that's one reason why the heavyweight division has been dying basically since uh lennox lewis since klitschko um since the klitschko started ruling it they've been the only people who've been skilled in all of the heavyweight boxing um so yeah that's that Wilder, see what Wilder does next. I think he already wants the third fight, right? Yeah. I wouldn't even take it if I was Fury. But I, like, yeah, I, I do what Khabib is doing to McGregor. Like, go go, go earn it. Yeah. Go out and beat good fighters, and then we could talk. Right. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what Fury does next. Uh, yeah, you think he wants Joshua. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. He'll knock Joshua out. I, I mean, think so too. <laughs> yeah. Fury Fury kind of makes Joshua look small, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, honestly, Wilder, for all the intimidation factor that Wilder has had for a number of years now, next mm-hmm. to Fury, he looked like nothing. Yeah. As far as just intimidation goes. Obviously, the first fight was a little bit different, but uh, just, yeah, you, you didn't feel like wilder's just presence and that's just because fury is just so overwhelming i think yeah and he gained you know it's not the weight he gained that was heavy it was <laughs> the outfit right i mean he gained it's, a lot of weight for this fight it's crazy that wilder gained more weight uh than fury did Fury's is always that big. Yeah, Fury, like, he's 40 pounds heavier than you, and he moves better than you start to finish? Yeah. That's that's embarrassing. And he used to be a wrestler, too, you know? Yeah. That's, that's so embarrassing, and to come up with a r- ridiculous excuse like that, not that it's not true, but it's just so stupid. Yeah. Uh, that, that really, that killed me, man. Yeah. Well, shout out to Tyson Fury. Good fight. Uh, it was worth it was worth watching, but I, you know, I don't know if I can watch another Wilder fight if that's what he's bringing to the table, just hitting people with one hand. 
<laughs> that's that's what we've seen from him like four or five fights in a row now. <laughs> yeah, but you expect someone when they fight better competition for them to step their game up. Yeah. He's yeah, been fighting man. cupcakes for him. Yeah. You know? Uh he's good enough to beat you know, a below average average boxer, but skilled boxer, high level, I'll pass. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh Maria Sharapova retired today. Wow, I did not hear about this. At age thirty two. Man, that's tough. Yeah. Uh I mean, I don't have too much to say. She was she was a good tennis player. Yeah. She just she if it wasn't for Serena, she'd probably be more known than she is. Exactly. Uh, but that's you know that's that's what sports comes down to a lot of the time. Yeah, your era. She she's iconic, and um, I am glad that she's going out this way and not just playing herself out as a loser. Yeah. She has been losing a lot. She hasn't really been the same since the suspension. Um, yeah, she's that, getting that was up, crazy. Yeah, she's getting up in age. And, you know, maybe her body is adjusting to not using the banned substance, you know? And sometimes that's tough. Because um, it was helping her wind, I believe, right? Uh, it was yeah. the one that helps you not get tired, your Alleg- lungs and allegedly. stuff. Allegedly. Yeah. And um, so, you know, she might be. it might just be a different experience without it. And she hasn't really been that healthy since then either since yeah, the injury that, before that's that that's been the big big issue for her yeah so yeah, i'm cool with it i'm I will glad say, she's doing it on her terms yeah i will say even though serena was always significantly better than her sharapova was kind of the face of female tennis for a little while yeah she was uh which was interesting it was just she had more like appeal i guess yeah, because you know, and that this is probably wrong to look at it like that, but she was more like attractive. You would see her on magazines and shit. Yeah, and it's not a black sport, right? To be frank, right? <laughs> yeah, and it, the thing is, we're America in certain sports. We're the people that no one wants to succeed, mm-hmm. <laughs> and tennis is one of those. Soccer is another one. Soccer's another one. And Serena is just how she is. She's the bad guy, you know? She's the villain. Right. And that's just who she is. And Mm -hmm. you're right. Sharapova was that one where people were like, oh, if you don't root for Serena, you want Sharapova to beat her, even though I think she beat her once, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. She just looked so overmatched every time. (laughs) Yeah. It hurt to watch. You know, I I rooted for Sharapova. You know, she's from my country. Yeah. Uh, Russia, so that that was tough. <laughs> yeah, and I she um you know, she was one of those who had the Mamba mentality too. She was a really hard worker. Really, really, really hard worker. Yeah. I think she'll be successful in anything she does. Um she could model, shoot. She wanted to. Yeah. Uh if I um I think we'll see more of her moving forward. Yeah. It, whoever, whatever deal she has, I'm sure she'll keep it. Um, she could still sell something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and she was cool. She was pretty smart too. So, yeah. all right. Um, you want to talk about college? 
basketball? Yeah, uh, I got a chance to actually get into some college hoops this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got a chance to see the two clear-cut best teams in college basketball right now. Mm-hmm. Which is Kansas and Baylor. Go at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome game. Before I deep dive into it, uh, it was so like, there's so much energy to it. You know, the crowd was super lit. Uh, that's part of that, the, why college basketball is as popular as it is. Yeah. And that game is just like a perfect model of everything good about college basketball. Mm-hmm. But I will say, uh, as far, like, I, I kind of looked at these teams and, and what their limitations would be in the tournament. Um, and Baylor to me is... While they're extremely well coached, mm-hmm. they they need to be careful with the scoring droughts that they go on. Yeah, I think to me of all the when when top seeded teams struggle to score, that's that's a recipe to be upset in early rounds to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, man, their coach Scott uh, Scott Rowe, maybe what's their coach's name? Uh. Scott Drew. Scott maybe? Drew. Yeah. I don't know, but he he's he was awesome, man. And just watching that game, every time they came out of a timeout, they got a great shot. Mm-hmm. Every break out of halftime, they got a good shot. The opening possession, they got a good shot. Every time he got a chance to organize them, they would get good shots. Mm-hmm. When they executed their offense, they would get good shots. But the problem came from when they would try to take advantage of mismatches or try to just attack guys individually. It, it was a disaster. Mm. Like it just—they didn't have like the the dynamic scoring threat that you really need when you're struggling to score. Yeah. Uh, and that, if any, if anything is a concern for Baylor, I would say that's the only thing moving into the tournament. Okay. Uh, but Kansas, to me, is. The best team in college basketball right now. They're tough. Uh, I just, to me, to me, they're, uh, Azabuki is just a force. Yeah. And Baylor, like, didn't know how to deal with him at all. Uh, they would, they couldn't really, like, play him one-on-one because he's too big. Their guards were honestly too scared to help on him because they didn't want to lose an elbow or lose a wrist. Uh, yeah. And I really like I really like how strong he plays. He's a beast. Uh he's he, I think he's a league level center. Now I don't you know, I don't know if he's a, a starter or if he's really a rotation guy his first couple years. Uh, but I would take a ch- definitely in the second round. I would for sure take a chance on him. Yeah, I think he'll be. I think he'll be snagged first round by somebody. And what I like about him is, you know, he's gotten in better and better shape over the years. Yeah, yes. Which, which is really his only flaw is just you know he can't play the whole game. Right, and foul trouble sometimes. Sometimes, but in the in the Baylor game and the game they just had uh, Monday, who do they play? I saw a little peek. He does a really good job of not like contesting straight up. Mm-hmm. He's gotten better over time. Sure. Yeah, Oklahoma State. And they dominated Oklahoma State. Like it wasn't even worth watching. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, he does a really good job of just being a presence inside. And I, I don't think any other college team has that right now. Yeah, I, I think he's the best center in college basketball. Yeah, at and least I, most dominant. He 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 could do it different ways too. Like they they would feed him inside. He'd get really nice, powerful moves. He's also really good at diving to the rim off of pick and roll. And the guards do a good job of throwing him like high lobs where only he could get it. Yeah. So if you're not ready to play physical, you're not beating Kansas. I'm telling you now. Yeah. Uh, and that was the the probably the biggest takeaway from from the game that I saw. But I also want to kind of deep dive into Bill Self a little bit. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I think he is. Uh, so there's there's a, a couple of teams that I've got to see a lot over the last like decade, Kansas, Duke, UNC, uh, Louisville, and from there uh, Kentucky. All constantly competitive, except UNC this year. The, but those are the five teams that over the last ten years I've got to see the most of. Yeah, and, and there's like you know. Good. Best five teams, probably. Yeah, and there's been, like, other teams for a couple years here, a couple years there. But these these five teams I've seen every year at least a a couple different times. Mm -hmm. Bill Self was the best coach of those five teams. Why do you say that? Because his players have – and I've noticed this over the years, but it was was glaring to me on on Saturday – his players have that I don't give a fuck kind of attitude <laughs> that I don't see in Duke. I don't see that in Louisville every year. Now, mm-hmm. the other four teams have had that, you know, a year here, a year there. I see that with Bill Self's players every single season. So you, when you say that, you mean what, like they're fearless? Yes. Okay. Because I don't think he's had the best roster every year. I don't think he's had the best roster maybe the Andrew Wiggins year. He's had, out of all those teams, he's probably consistently had the like the best player. If you put all the players in a pool, his he probably had the best player every time. And and my but my thing is he does such a good job of like, his guys are fearless when it comes to big games. Yeah, they are. And to me, it's like his guards are sometimes limited, but they play better than their their game is to an extent. Okay. And I see that every time I watch a Kansas game. For the last mm-hmm. 10 years, I've seen that every time I've watched a Kansas game. With Wiggins being the one exception, but we've seen what Wiggins is. You think that's coaching or you think that's recruiting? I think that's coaching. Why do you think that? Because Duke recruits better than Kansas does. From do top they? to from top to bottom or maybe the top 7 guys, top 5 7 guys. Well, better players doesn't necessarily mean they're more fearless though. I'm saying do you think he recruits fearless guys? I mean cuz Wiggins is better than any player has been on Kansas. I mean, any other player has been on any other team. He's probably the most <laughs> scared player out of all of them. I don't know, man. Like you could kind of deep dive into it more, 
And obviously, every year it hasn't been like glaring that Bill Self is better. Mm-hmm. But as far like his team is never to me when I watch them, they never get like annihilated to the point where you don't you don't think that they're a top team. Mm-hmm. Like even when they lose, they're competitive. They fight their ass off, and their guards are locked in, especially guards. His guards are always locked into the game. It doesn't matter if they're 3 of 16. Yeah. They're still locked into the game. You watch Duke. How many guys have they had when they're not playing well, they disappear? <laughs> every year. Every- U- UNC, every year. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky, every year. Yeah. I don't see that in Kansas. Yeah, I would say Kansas and Louisville are the two that... I- Somebody they're playing hard pretty much every night. I mean, up until well, you're talking about last five years. The last five years, I would say that with those two. But other teams, I'm with you. I totally agree. Especially Duke and UNC. Yeah, those guys. It, to me, it's again if they were just flat out better players, I would say yeah, you're just recruiting better. Yeah. But again, these guys play when they play poorly, they're locked into the game. Mm-hmm. And that to me is coaching. That to me is uh, as a coach, you gotta instill confidence in those guys to to still be locked into the game and playing their ass off even when they're struggling. You know, one thing I think Self also does really, really well. I think he um, designates a leader on the team better than all those other colleges do. That you said, most of the other schools have like their coach is the dominant personality on the bench in the locker room Mm -hmm. but self always has a player who stands out as the clear leader in the gym every night to me i don't think shashevsky has ever done that oh of course not this is not his this is not his style this is not and usually if you're gonna do it you do it every year or you never do it you know it's just your coaching style i I think sometimes you have to do that though no you do you should. You but should. He, I, I, Patino has done it at times. He wasn't consistent with it either. But Calipari has never done it. Never. Uh, Coach Roy, K has never Roy done Williams it. has also been hit or miss with that. Yeah, he, he does it when he has someone who's worthy of it. Yeah. But that's, his, that's the other problem. He just doesn't get guys, at least to me, even if I imagined him picking a leader, it would be a wrong decision. No one on the team this year should lead the team. Nobody. Yeah, sorry, Cole. Yeah, if you're going to take 40 shots a game, you know. (laughs) Yeah, so. But to me, I think Kansas is the clear-cut best team going into the tournament. Okay. I just believe that. It's hard for me, and I I watched a number of other teams. Like, I watched Louisville. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Michigan is a team that's kind of been hot and cold. Yeah. Uh, and Kentucky definitely isn't in that list. No. Uh, UNC obviously is not in that list. I mean, Duke has just been falling apart. This... It's between Kansas and Louisville for me. I haven't seen any two better teams. Any one better team than those two to me. Yeah, it's just Baylor to me. If they could get enough firepower, uh, which they have a bench guy, uh, Matthew Mayer. He's like a long, thin, white dude. Mm-hmm. He he had a really good stretch in the first half on Saturday, but they didn't really play him much in the second half. Mm. 
And he's kind of like he he's a perimeter scorer who could get inside, and he's got like one of those uh, quick triggers where he could just you know shoot it even if he's not open. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you need you need consistency as far as firepower goes, and I just don't know where Baylor turns to for that. Mm-hmm. But I, dude, this uh, how does Duke not wake up for an NC State game? Can you explain that to me? <laughs> NC State beats them all the time. Okay, beating them all the time is one thing. No, they spank them all the time. They do. They're, I think NC State has like the best record against Coach K in the whole country. That's, that's At, like as far as uh, percentage. That is a d- disgrace. That's what they said. I think after the game, yeah. But I, I've seen I've seen NC State beat Duke. But I've never seen NC State just just bully Duke like I saw the other day. Howsome like that? I mean, what the what is that? How does that happen? And then you come back with a loss to Wake Forest. You you yeah. go to double overtime to lose with yeah. the greatest coach in college basketball. You don't execute in overtime. Yep. Anyway, the last time they beat him, the worst time they ever beat him was in '72. And it was only like a three-point difference in this one. So it was pretty close to the worst time they ever beat him. That was tough, man. But I had fun watching uh, college basketball this weekend. Louisville looked really good, but, you know, everybody's looked good against North Carolina. Right. Uh, I also like Michigan's getting hot at the right time. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, man, Jawan Howard got them executing really good offensive, like, sets. Yeah, Mi- Michigan has been good the last couple years. And Jawan, he came in pretty seamless. But the, they're just, their roster is just limited, man. I, I like them. Yeah. But their starting six is good. Yeah, th- that. that guy who came back, I don't remember his name. Uh, who, Simpson? Who missed a, a bunch of games. Simpson, right? Uh, maybe. He suspended, I think. Yeah, but he looks good, man. I like how he plays. He's another one of those similar to the Kansas guards. Is he's still playing hard if he's three of fifteen? Yeah. And I yeah. need I need that in my guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but we'll see. We'll see uh, what it looks like in the. I'm gonna try to really watch some of the conference uh, tournament games. Yeah. Because uh, again, that kind of sets the tone for what these teams look like in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, anything else for college basketball? Uh, no, that's it. What What do we have to talk about in the NBA? Anything major? Or where do you want to start? <clears throat> Shout out to Bradley Beal for <laughs> for getting a hundred points in two games. First player with uh, fifty <clears throat> points two days in a row since Kobe. What a waste. It really, it really hurts me that it's so much of a waste. Wizards is so trash. <laughs> it's so crazy too. It really is a waste. That's what makes it really crazy. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's putting people on notice for for snubbing him from the All Star game. Yeah, because he's been averaging like thirty five since the All Star weekend. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really have much to say on that. 
What I do want to talk about is um, Philly lost Ben Simmons for an extended period of time. Yeah. Yeah. They're, Embiid they're, had to go bananas first two games. And I noticed this before Simmons was really kind of out for, for good. Mm-hmm. They're not a contender. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, obviously we, we've known that for a while. Yeah. But at this point... It's, no one else knows it for some reason. Yeah, it's just foolish to think that they can beat any of the the, the good Eastern Conference teams. Mm-hmm. It's foolish because they... First of all, their roster top to bottom is not good at all. It's not. Um, and they have so many guys who, first of all, they don't know who to start uh, with with their, like, go-to starters. So you right. got Simmons, uh, you got Josh Richardson, you got Tobias Harris, and you got Embiid. Now, you already took Horford out of the lineup, and yeah. I'll get to Horford in a second. But they tried to start Glenn Robinson the other day, <laughs> and, and it was a joke. Like, they wouldn't even guard... I don't even remember who they played, but they would not guard him. Milwaukee, that's who they played. Right. I think Saturday. They Uh wouldn't even guard him. And he couldn't do anything. And then you put out... You put out other guys. Korkmaz is... is, I don't know what he's doing out there. Um, And now you benched Neto. Raul Neto has been benched, which normally I would be like, great coaching decision. Yeah. But now you you are your second unit is point guard less. Yeah, they try to run Josh Richardson at the point sometimes. And it's it looks awful. And then they put Alec Burks at the point guard. Oh my god, he's a black hole. Yeah, he is. And he, he should be, but not at the point guard spot. Right. <laughs> and my thing he's is a really bad distributor. Yeah. That. My thing is in that Saturday game, that was the first game that Raul got like fully benched. And Brett Brown comes out of the first uh, you know, in between the first and second quarter for the interview, and he just says, "We gotta find a point guard out there." Th- that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. You're putting a bunch of like a bunch of ball hogging shooters out there, but and you're looking for a point guard. Good old Shake Milton. Which I, I actually <laughs> have liked what I've seen from him. Yeah, he's aggressive. Uh, but and he may be that the starter that they're looking for. But my mm. God, you cannot you cannot have a second unit without a guy who gets people in their spots, who gets people their ball in in scoring opportunities. You can't just run handoffs. This this is not college. This is not high school. You cannot get by running handoffs on the top of the key. And that's right. all I've seen from their second unit the last, like, week or so. It's a disaster. And on top of that, you would think Horford would kind of fix some of that. Yeah. But Horford is, he's looking like he's forgetting how to play basketball. <laughs> he literally, all he's done is shoot three-pointers. Like, can I get a mid-range jump shot one time? Right. I understand you got to space it out when Embiid is out there. 
but you, you're shooting threes when when you're the only like center out there, right? And they just, dude, he's been f- mixing up the rotation every game. It's like obvious that he doesn't know his own roster, and I'm Brett Brown. I mean, yeah. And it's like been trying to squeeze Kyle O'Quinn out there a little bit. Mike Scott will get like five minutes here. He'll get 15 minutes here. And then he won't touch the court for a week. I'd almost rather Mike Scott starting than some of the other starting lineups he's put out there. Yeah. And now they're at a point where Embiid has to be the best player in the league for them to be competitive. Yeah. That's not sustainable. It's not, and they pull it off when Embiid gets 50, but they, like, just barely beat the second-worst team in the NBA. Yeah. Well, third. Third-worst team in the NBA. I mean, they squeak. Yeah. I will say, if, if Embiid is going to play with that kind of energy, especially on the boards, yeah, they could make some noise. Like, they could win some games in the playoffs. Yeah, but they're not they're not beating any any of the decent teams. They're they're just not. He's gonna. Yeah, and the thing is, no matter. I get it. They're all NBA players, but getting fourteen rebounds on Dwayne Dedman and Bruno Fernando are not is not impressive to me. But you know, he did it. Forty nine. That's cool. But but when you got to do it against Brooke Lopez, you can't get a bucket. Brooke Lopez or uh, any of the Toronto guys. Yeah, Toronto doesn't even have a real center right now. Yeah, I was trying to remember who the center was. That's why I just said any of them. Because <laughs> who is their center? They play Ibaka at center with Siakam. Oh, uh, he starts at center? Yeah. Yeah. And he's so. just like, yeah, man, they're done. They're done. Okay. I'm with you. I. I've said it already. I'm yeah. glad. <laughs> I'm glad you said it this time. So, um. another team I want to get to, uh, Eastern Conference uh, playoff team that I'm actually very excited for is Boston. Okay. Yeah, we need to get into the Boston Laker game. Uh, it was it was a fun game. Very competitive. Mm-hmm. No Kimba. Should shouldn't have been, but you know, shout out to the Lakers for making these primetime games interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get to the Lakers for a little bit later, but as far this is just some of the things I saw uh, for Boston. Mm-hmm. Actually, what did you see? Because I have one really major issue that I saw, and and the other things to me are not as big of a deal that you probably like think they're bigger a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. So, what did you see from Boston on Sunday? Um, Boston, (laughs) Tatum is one of the best wing players in the NBA. Oh yeah, no question. He's top 10 for sure. And that should not be an argument. The only thing you could argue is him being top five to me. Um, but he can't be the only (laughs) good wing player on the team every night. And Jalen Brown played well, and Jalen Brown clearly was focusing on defense because he played really good defense in that game uh, for the most part. But Gordon Hayward, despite how his stats look, 
It's one of the worst NBA games I've ever seen an ex-All-Star play in my life. Any ex-All-Star at any age. I've seen David West at 40 play better games than Hayward did against the Lakers. And you know what was really bad about it is like usually when when I call out somebody for playing like trash, I like to say trash can or uh-huh. like garbage. It yeah. wasn't that he was a trash can or garbage. He played scared. He did. Every time every time someone played good defense on him, he just coughed it up. He just gave it right back right to the other team or he threw a really bad pass and forced like the rest of the team to get a turnover somehow. Because he only had three turnovers in the stat book. But, I mean, he was taking terrible shots. He was, it was just bad, man. It just looked really, 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 really bad. Five for 15. And, Dude, you know, his rebounds and assists were cool. But it didn't it just seem like... like, to me, because Kemba didn't play, he was forced to play point guard at one point. And, and some yeah. guys, like... They think because they're playing point guard, that means they have to move the ball every time. Right. Like, dude, I need you to be aggressive. We are struggling to score the ball. I don't care if you're getting shots for other guys. Yeah. You are an ex-all-star. If you get a shot, take it. It was terrible, man. It didn't look like he had any positive impact on the game to me. No. It really didn't. Um, And he was plus minus zero. So he had no impact on the game, basically. <laughs> so um, that was my big thing, man. In the bench, it's clear that the Lakers have a better bench, and the Lakers bench played pretty well. Um, but that's no surprise. We've we've talked about that already. Um, Daniel Tice, I'm impressed. I'm I really starting like, to like what Tice. I'm seeing from him. And this is why, when you ask me if Horford stayed, would I be more confident in them? Cause I'm cool with Daniel Tice. I like him. I think he's a good. St- he could be a starter, but when Daniel Tice is out the game, and Cantor, dude, if Cantor is not gonna rebound, I don't need him playing. Exactly. And the Lakers, you know, the Lakers are just a bad team, a bad matchup for him because they're gigantic. Yeah, the Lakers bench. I mean, the Lakers bench obviously versus the Celtics bench. They would have beat him by thirty. Yeah. <laughs> And that's really it. I, I don't have too many negatives to take away. Uh, Marcus Smart needs to, like, limit his shots by... Let me get to that. <laughs> All right. All right, go ahead. Uh, first thing, one thing you missed, and I, I, I thought you would get to it, Wanamaker's not an NBA player. I'm sorry. He's, <laughs> oh, he's not. I didn't think I needed to say that. <laughs> I've never... I thought that was clear. I've said it already. My God. I, I, I joke a lot about guys wearing the opposite uniform when they're playing bad. Yeah. You cannot tell me Wanamaker was not wearing purple and gold Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't say it this time because I've been saying it all year. He's like... He's not going to cut it. He, dude, He's he doesn't even look... He's just awful in every way. He doesn't <laughs> defend well. He doesn't move well. He doesn't push the ball well. At least, if at the very least, I need my backup point guard to push the ball. He's no different than Raymond Felton to me, honestly. Current Raymond Felton. I take current Raymond Felton over what I've seen from Wanamaker. That's why. This is why I've, I was dying for the Celtics to get any other guard. Reggie Jackson. Um, who was the other guard that was available earlier this year? Um, 
I can't remember right now, but I mean, I, I was dying Deon, for them to pick someone else up. I think Please. Deion Waiters could help them. Oh, he could for sure. Any guard that could come off the bench can help them. Anyone. I just need an NBA player. <laughs> That's all I ask. There's a lot of them. They only have seven NBA players on the Celtics, honestly. <laughs> and that's no offense to the other guys because I like all the players they have. And maybe if they, if the team was better, I think they could play better. But their their roles are too big for them, clearly. Yeah, they can't afford, like you said, they need their three uh, wing guys to play well. Yeah. Um, and they and not necessarily shoot the ball well, but they need to, like, control the offense Mm -hmm. and i thought hayward did a very bad job at at that Uh, brown at some points did a bad job and i thought tatum uh tatum did that shit that james harden does when they started doubling him where he would just kind of give the ball up and that was it oh yeah and just not be on the court anymore yeah just kind of back up like i need more than that yeah Um, yeah and he also missed some layups in the fourth quarter that were very easy, I thought. Yeah, he did. He missed, he missed a couple some of and, potential and ones, too. Yeah. And, I mean, he had 40, so we're saying he should have had 60. Yeah, nip, it's nitpicky <laughs> at this point. Yeah, and the thing is, two out of um, two out of the three wings played well, and they still lost at the buzzer, basically. You know? It went down to the wire. So. All right, let me get to my glaring problem. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the term basketball IQ is very underrated as far as like players having it. Mm-hmm. Players having high basketball IQ. And I really, you can't expect every player on the roster to have high basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. What I would like from every player on the roster is to have good shot selection IQ. Mm hmm. And the first person that really let me down Sunday, and to me this is this is something that could cost you playoff games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned in the fourth quarter they started doubling Jason Tatum because he was just annihilating them single-handedly, which I like from the Lakers' perspective. I like that they've taken the ball out of his hands. Uh, they're kind of mixing up the defense, giving him different looks. But when he... There was, I think, six plays in a row, or maybe five plays in a row, where they doubled him, and Tatum made the kick to Jalen Brown in the wing. Mm-hmm. Three of those five possessions, Jalen Brown took a size-up three-pointer. Mm-hmm. He airballed two of them, and he barely touched rim on the third one, I think. He was air airballing all over the place. I think he airballed three. This is the this is the problem for me. Mm-hmm. I need Jalen Brown to know his game. Now, if he's open in the corner, or if he's open on the wing, nobody closes out. Shoot the ball. You've proven to me over the course of this season that they can't just leave you open. Right. Jalen, if you took one size up three and didn't make it, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Choose I- it wisely. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, I'd rather you force it to the rim and get pinned. Yeah. I'd ra- because at least that way you might get a foul. This, this is the same guy who's dunked on Greek, on Greek Freak, what, three different times? And LeBron once. You've dunked on the some of the biggest players in the league, 
but you want to take size up three pointers in the fourth quarter? Yeah, I I can't have that. Because the crazy thing is he airballed the size of three, and then like the next play he did it again. He hit, he hit the no, he hit a wide open one after that. Oh, well, finally they got him open and uh, he knocked it down. One? It was a big shot. You talking about the corner one? It was like yeah, like mid mid corner, yeah. Or the one that he caught on the wing and just kind of shot it. And it went in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one, yeah. That, that was a good shot. And again, if you catch it ready to shoot, they don't close out, shoot the yeah. ball. Yeah. But I don't need you taking size up three-pointers ever, to be honest. Right. And that, to me, like the fact that he did it three times, I, I'll give you a pass if you do it once. Maybe the shot clock's running down. You know, <laughs> maybe it's just you feel, you feel good because you hit a couple threes. But to do it three different times in five possessions in in a, a game that's point for point, that's yeah. I can't have that. Right, and, and I just that's something that if he's gonna do in the playoffs, they are gonna lose a game like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a similar uh, issue with another player who to me is much worse is Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Did he take a good three pointer in that entire game to you? No, definitely not. Again, I mentioned with Brown, if if you do it once, okay, maybe the shot clock's running down. You know, Smart likes to do that when the shot clock's running down, he jacks it. I, I'm not mad at that. Marcus Smart mm-hmm. got what looked like it looked like he got hurt on two different instances. Once in the mm-hmm. first half, once in the second half. Do you remember what he did to kind of fight through the pain? Mm-mm. He came down and jacked a three-pointer <laughs> as soon as he touched the ball. <laughs> to fight through the pain. Dude, he did it twice. Uh, yeah, he did. That, dude, right. that blew my mind. On top of the other like three threes that he took that were just terrible shots. Mm-hmm. And it's like, at what point... You know, he, it's like he's one of those guys who just just spends countless hours working on his jump shot. But Jalen Brown is a third-year player. He's on a verge of maybe being a star. So that's that's a delicate process. You want to allow him to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart is in his sixth year. We know exactly what Marcus Smart is. Yeah. Why is he taking awful three-pointers? He's only the 11th player to make 11 threes in a game or whatever. <laughs> that's 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 the problem right there is you allow him to have games like that and then you have what happened on Sunday. He thinks he's a three-point specialist. That that blew my mind to to get like hurt to limp up to the court and still jack a three-pointer. Yeah. With nobody else touching the ball, and you just, you're not even like ready to shoot. You're not open, and you're just going to jack it. Yeah. I don't even like when LeBron does that. Right. And for Marcus Smart to do that, that's, I can't, again, I can't have that. I need my yeah. role players to have smart shot selection. Mm hmm. And that, that to me, those those two guys really let me down more, even more so than than Gordon Hayward and, and Wanamaker, who I kind of expected uh, both of those things to play out. 
but I, I can't have these these guys just settling for awful three pointers. I can't have it. Yeah, and that to me, that's my only concern. Is moving into the playoffs is are these guys going to be smart enough to be aggressive in the right way? And the fact that six years in, Marcus Smart is chucking three pointers like he's Steph Curry. Brad Stevens yeah. got to reel that in at some point. I agree. I don't care how good of a defender he is. Like right. you, you can't have that. Yeah, that, that's that was my big takeaway from this game. Um, I'm glad Romeo Langford got some minutes, got to show what he could do a little bit. Um, I like his needed, potential. Yeah, I needed to see something from him because this is the first time I've ever seen him in the game, honestly. Yeah, I, uh, I like how confident he was. I liked how he was decisive with everything he did. Yeah. Uh, he looked good. Ojale is not an NBA player. No argument there. And why? Like, I know Tago Fall isn't that good, but why doesn't he play at all? Like, there's worse players on the court than Tackle Fall. I feel like and him, they play and, him, him every and, uh, night. Him and Boban have the same, like, issue. I guess they just can't move well. Uh, yeah, I guess not. I guess. I mean. I mean, I would have rather threw Taco Fall in there than the few minutes I got from Cantor. <laughs> I know. Can't, I don't Cantor wonder why Cantor plays so bad. Cantor made Dwight look like it was 09. Yeah, he did. He was getting he like was getting exposed. Dwight like broke his ankles on a like a box out. Yeah. I was like, how does that even happen? And I, I see these bigs play so bad. I just don't understand why Joe Kim Noah does not have a job. It's crazy. Fareed. I don't understand why Fareed doesn't have a job. I don't understand. I mean <laughs> I don't get it. They were playing Grant Williams and Fareed is at home watching. Come on, man. And these teams are watching and playing the Lakers and JaVale McGee last night got you six tap outs in a row. Yeah. And it's like, again, Joakim Noah's on the couch. Joakim Noah would have took McGee's life if he got three in a row. Yeah. And you got you throw Jalil Okafor out there, and he gives up six tapouts in a row. Derek Favors just just looking foolish. But again, Joakim Noah must not be good enough. Blows my it's, mind. It blows my mind. It's really bizarre, man. I I don't understand it at all. It's shocking, but it is what it is, I guess. I feel like there's other guys too that are out there that aren't on teams that would surprise us, but we'll save that for another time. Yeah. Um. What other uh, teams? Um, you, you want to talk? I about? really don't want to talk about the Pelicans in depth because watching them last night really pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two things I did notice is uh, Brandon Ingram is legit. Mm-hmm. I'm man. He's dude. He is emerging. Yeah, he is fast too. Uh, and his shot, I I really like how he gets off shots on guys. 
you know, he's gonna it's gonna take him some time to become a, a better playmaker. Uh, but as as far as scoring goes, he's got the full package. Yeah. And Zion, last night was also my first uh, time since his debut getting a chance to see Zion play. And it's tough, man. Again, we talk about the Lakers are gigantic. So they're like the perfect matchup to actually contain Zion. Uh-huh. Uh, and for those of you who, who will say that Zion had a good game last night, you're lying. Or you didn't watch the game. <laughs> uh-huh. Zion was getting ripped left and right. In the first half, he was one of the primary reasons why they had a bunch of really bad turnovers. Yeah. And he just, he looked confused a lot of the time. <laughs> what do you mean confused? They would kind of dare him to attack, and yeah. he and he would oblige, you know, gladly. Which I want him to do that, mm-hmm. but I, I don't want him to just force it through Dwight's chest. Because <laughs> that's not gonna work. It's I'm sorry, I don't care how big you are. It's not gonna work. Or how far out of Dwight's prime he is. That's not gonna work. I mean, we saw that when they played Milwaukee. You cannot just just leap inside and go through people, right? And to me, all his points came of just bad Laker defense. Every time the Lakers played good defense, he turned it over. And the, the thing is, for people who don't watch a lot of basketball, when you look at the box scores, please make sure you subtract the free throws. Hmm. Because he sh- he made thirteen free throws. He did he did shoot free throws well, which I like. Yeah. So without the free throws, he had sixteen points on eighteen shots, and he's a forward. Like Steph doing that is one thing, but a forward. Yeah, guards is a different story, but I, I can't have big men being inefficient. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Uh, I will say like. They don't incorporate him very well at all in the offense. Yeah, it's like they had no idea he was going to be back. It's, that's what it looks like sometimes to me. And part of that is their guards. Just watching it yesterday, man, their guards are like idiots sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like Lonzo Ball is... That's no surprise. I mean, to an, he's proven that he's an NBA player this season. I'll give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. But he is not this transcendent playmaker that people make him seem. Right. Uh, and Drew Holiday, which was much more of a surprise, just some of the passes he makes blew my mind. Yeah. He's, Drew Holiday's a 15-year veteran. This year, he's kind of showing that he really is only a two-guard. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he showed me that him being at point is not his game. Although he can get away with it, but no, I don't want that for the full game. Um, and then when JJ comes in there, they completely like, fucked him up. <laughs> yeah, they don't use him right at, Not all. at all. He has the ball way too long. If he doesn't, if he has the ball more than five seconds, he's had the ball way too long. I call a timeout if JJ has the ball more than five seconds. Dude. That means. If he can't get a, a shot, a clean catch and shoot, or a one dribble shot, he has the ball too long. Plain and simple. 
Yeah, but he's bringing like, it up and running the offense and stuff. It looks crazy, and it doesn't work for them. They play him like Terrence Ross because they've like benched him, and now he plays very limited minutes. And you're asking him to come in there and like get off shots that now bench guys know how to guard him. I know, and they don't use the other bench guys that have been playing well. Yeah. Etuan Moore is just non-existent anymore. And he gets a bucket every time he plays. And Frank Jackson has had a couple, like, crazy shooting games. And, you know, he plays pretty good defense. And they just pretend like he's not even on the team. Yeah. Did Jackson Was Jackson Hayes active yesterday? Yes. And he didn't play a minute. But Jalil Okafor came out there and played in the purple and gold. Jackson Hayes is just a better JaVale McGee at JaVale's, you know, at his age. Dude, it, and then I don't couldn't understand at it at all. Let's be real. Alvin Gentry's a trash coach. Always has been. Always. Why are you running with this team? Why is this team trying to run? They don't have smart decision makers. No. Like, Brandon Ingram, every pass he threw last night was off target. Every decision yeah, Drew Holiday passer. made felt bad. Like, he made some highlight layups, but, like, every shot he took was forced. Yeah. It just, I couldn't understand what they were doing. Yeah. And Alvin Gentry just, like, I don't know what his plan is. The, the fact that he's, like, Zion is catching the ball up top and ISOing on Dwight Howard, and it seems like you want that to happen <laughs> it's, stupi- it's stupidity. It's utter stupidity. <laughs> it seems like you want that to happen. That- yeah, you're right about that. And it, like Dwight, I do want that to happen. Dwight didn't even have to block it. All Dwight did was just rip him every time. Yeah. It killed. Like LeBron ripped him a bunch of times. AD got him a couple times. Like he just lost the ball, and Caruso just took it and got the highlight of the night. It almost felt like Gentry put him out there to expose him. Oh my god, absolutely. Yeah. If dude Lonzo was the same way. Yeah. Like Caruso was working him all game long. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you know, I like Caruso, but if he's if Caruso is working you, you shouldn't be on the court. Right. And that that really killed him. I don't know what the hell the Pelicans are doing. And they're they're fighting for a playoff spot, right? So it's like the the most shocking thing to me was just how bad Drew Holiday was. He tried to like strap LeBron too, and LeBron dunked on him like three different times. That was just bizarre. Why are you trying to steal the ball from him in the post? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. There's just so many so many low IQ basketball decisions being made. And Alvin Gentry was like encouraging it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that killed me, man. It hurt to watch. <laughs> Shout out to the Lakers for sucking enough to make it a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, the, the Lakers do that because they're chilling. You can you can see the way they're playing is they're ready for the playoffs. Yeah. First and third quarters are the only quarters LeBron really plays. Yeah. And if he has to, he'll play this fourth. Yeah. And when I say LeBron, I mean him as a coach. 
the whole team, I mean, when I say LeBron. First and third quarters, everything else, eh, it's whatever. I will say the Lakers, they don't need Deion Waiters at all. No, they don't. I, I don't know They're just why. being greedy by getting waiters. <laughs> yeah. They were being greedy by getting Morris to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Morris looked okay. Uh, I like, they don't need him. Not at all. That I, when By getting him, I felt like no, I don't feel like there's any like piece, like he's a puzzle piece that they needed or like they filled any spot. They were just, they just didn't need Boogie because he's not playing. Is he not a slower version of Kuzma at this point? Yeah, and he's a little, you know, he's a smarter player, but I like how aggressive Kuzma is, to be honest. Yeah, he gives them some grit too, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll give you that. Their bench is kind of soft as far as he gives them some playoff fouls too, which I like. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I feel like I almost just feel like it's a troll because the Clippers got Marcus. To be honest. Yeah. Um, I honestly think Vogel is starting to figure out uh, their rotation, like, just as far as from start of the game to the end of the game. Yeah. And, and I told you this last night, man. I really think he's on to something playing Caruso and, and KCP more than Bradley and Green. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, I, KCP, KCP has Green. proven me wrong in, in a lot of games this year. Yeah, because early on he he looked like he was a G League player. He shouldn't be starting. No, no, no. I I don't That's think he, either Caruso or KCP should start. Mm-hmm. But I like when they dude when they're out there, especially with LeBron, their defense is way better. It is. I no. I'm saying the reason I said he shouldn't be starting is because he was at the beginning of the year. Right, right. That's why he's proven you. But he only wrong he because... only starts when like Bradley's usually hurt. Right, and Bradley was hurt for a while yeah, early so, in the season. So in that case, I don't mind him starting, but as a bench guy, I really like what I've seen from him. Yeah, I like he's gotten away from like dumb fouls, which I really like. Mm-hmm. And their him, defense has changed. I don't know, like their defense is doing better at containing sometimes. Um, uh, one thing I did notice in the Boston game and last night. Anthony Davis is way overrated as a defender. He he cost himself the, the the defensive player of the year this last week. He's way overrated. He's just nonsense. The only thing he's not overrated on is shot blocking. That's it. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and but when it comes me, to defensive player of the year, one on one on any position, he could, I, I haven't seen anything from him. He was getting that, torched by everybody. Torched. And the few times Hayward got to the basket was when he drove on Anthony Davis. Yeah. <laughs> he still just threw up some nonsense, but he went to to the basket, and those missed layups Tatum had were when he blew past Anthony Davis. You, you know, I thought people were tripping when they were talking about, like, the Lakers' second unit needed help or, like, the, the not-LeBron lineup needed help. Yeah. Last night was a clear representation that people were not tripping. That they do need help. And I don't, I don't know if they need another player, but AD has got to be better when LeBron's not out there. Yeah. Dude, why is he missing these like bunnies? Yeah. Like he's first of all, dude, I don't need you to spin every post move. Mhm. And the Boston Boston exposed them on a number of those spins by just taking the ball from him. Yeah, 
Like, dude, if you drop step and they don't contain you, I don't need you to come back the other way. And for some reason, this season, I've seen him, like, try to, like, force guys, bully guys to the basket instead of using his agility, which I thought was, like, his most intangible weapon. Now he just tries to, like, be bigger than everyone, and sometimes he's not. Yeah. You're just not stronger than everybody. Yeah, but I don't mind if you're being guarded by a scrub. Uh, yeah, if, like, I, it's a miss, like, off a bad switch. Yeah, but... But he, like, tries to bully guys who are, like, his size. And this is where that Lakers lineup without LeBron struggles is because they think we're... Because we've struggled, we're just going to force it to AD. Yeah. And it looks terrible every time. Yeah, they act like AD is unstoppable. And he's... <laughs> yeah. He's not. He's not Shaq. Right. They think he's just going to run everyone over. To and me, I've seen him get stripped so many times or like, the you know, guys pull the chair on him. Yes. It's because he's always spinning. He is. Like, dude, I don't need, why are you spinning every move? Or it's a sweeping hook. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you, Kareem? Mark Gasol? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, his defense and offensive package has really... Uh, I mean, he hasn't impressed me this year. A lot of people, you know, really think he's one still a top five player in the league, and he might be. I think he is. But it's 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 not like he's probably fifth if he is to me. My thing is like I can forgive missing layups or missing shots. That's gonna happen. But he when when he's being isolated on by perimeter guys, he looks lazy. Yeah. Tatum Tatum was just isoing on him, and it's like he was just, go ahead and score on me. (laughs) Yeah. Like, dude, he just hits you with a sidestep three-pointer. You're really going to let him have another one? Yeah. Like, and and then he's just going to blow past you and pull up, and you're not going to contest? Right. It's tough being an NBA coach, because I would have benched some of these guys, to be honest. Mm Mm-hmm. But... I don't know, man. I think the Lakers, uh, I've said this before, I think they're the clear-cut best team in the league right now mm-hmm. because they know who they are. And to mm-hmm. me, to me, they know who they are even better than Milwaukee does. I agree. Because I think Milwaukee also knows who they are, and to me, they're the second-best team. But uh, the Lakers just like know exactly who they are. Every guy on the roster knows exactly what to do when they come out there. Yeah. Uh, and, like, with the exception of Bledsoe, I would say Milwaukee's kind of in the same boat. Yeah, there's more more issues. But, yeah, you're right. And and the thing is, and that's what one thing I knew from the beginning of the season that Vogel was going to do. Look at the Pacers. Yep. Everyone knew who, what they were going to do. Rodney Stuckey. He knew he was going to come out there and get buckets. Um, I mean, they had a lot of guys who, as soon as Paul George left, are no longer in the NBA. And they found their roles so perfectly. And that's Vogel's game. I think he's a role, really good role coach. Yeah, um, I agree. And Budenholzer is a... Well, it's funny you say that because they probably are the two best role coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. I would say. And that's why they're the top seeds in their conferences right now. Yeah. And, that, you know, having your team 
your players have roles is key in the NBA. Look at them, most of the champions in the, in history. That's how it is. Everyone had a role. Did you take away anything from the uh, Clippers uh, losing a couple games in a row there? Uh, nothing new. Same, what about same you? problems they've had. I, I was surprised by that Kawhi play when uh, Shamit like didn't cut. Yeah, and, and, and like he really shouldn't have cut because he had somebody else running with him. And Kawhi Loki threw a bad pass. It's like re- got visibly upset at Shamit. Yeah, uh, that that was something very surprising to me. Why do you say that? Because uh, he's a robot. <laughs> he's a robot for himself, though. You know, he's right. still a selfish player. <laughs> right. No, and my thing. I don't is, mean that in a negative way, though. I'm just saying that's his game. Yeah, my the noticing the Clippers' inconsistency really makes me see how good he had it in Toronto last year. Yeah, he did. Uh, because those guys are all vets and they all know how to play, and you do, you don't have that on the Clippers yet. Right. Uh, and and you know obviously. The other thing I'm, I am starting to get worried about is it's it's almost March and they're still not completely healthy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, they might not. They might come into the playoffs not healthy at this point. Right. Uh, Paul George is. What is going on with his hamstring? I don't know, man. In and out. That that to me is something to keep an eye on, but. Uh, I just—it's hard for me to picture their their top players would really have to disappoint for them to lose in the first two rounds. I'd say, mm-hmm. uh, and I just—I can't see that happening. Uh, you know, I said this earlier um, about Paul George being the role player on this team and Kawhi being the star on this team. And I think this is kind of what you get from it. And you, the team is kind of they on offense. It seems like they lack direction a lot of times. It's like they're just come. It looks very pickup gamey. Yeah. Their offense to me. It also doesn't help for those two guys that Lou Williams is often the closer. Right. Yeah, and the thing is, one thing about him in Toronto that you mentioned, uh, Kawhi didn't have to play that good all the time he was just the best he was the best player on the team but he wasn't the go-to like we live and die by Kawhi yeah like LeBron is yeah and that's just not who he is Mm -hmm. and but this time he kind of does have to be that or at least he thinks he does and they're not gonna win like that they're not gonna win the playoffs like that and they're going to struggle. I mean, they're struggling now from that. And part of it is because PG doesn't play enough. And how they play, they don't really play PG in the role like to maximize both of them. This is actually why I wanted to bring up the duo conversation, actually. It's a good segue. Okay. Um, but uh, we're at the pretty much over halfway. So I'll play a gym right now. We'll come back. Okay. We're not going to do any music today. Sorry, I'm telling you late because there just wasn't any music. So, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll play. All right, that was Omarion and T Pain. Can you hear me? 
Um, so I wanted to talk about duos because, uh, what, what in your opinion makes a dynamic duo? Like what makes a good duo in the NBA? If you have two players, what would you, how do you want them to be for you to say, you know, for you to have confidence in your duo? Uh, two guys who can at the same time control the game. Okay. And to me, a lot of a lot of misconceptions with duos is uh, like it's usually one guy dominates, the other guy dominates, or maybe one guy just dominates that game, the other guy dominates the other game. Uh, but when they could dominate together uh, on both ends, that to me makes a good duo. Is there uh, an example in the league right now? Uh, I think LeBron and AD are, are a duo. Okay. Any others? I do think Harden and Russ are a duo. That's fair. Uh, and you know they'll they'll lose games as much as they'll win them, but they they do try to take over games together. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, I would agree. I would agree that those are. I thought Steph, are Steph and Clay at their t- peak were a really good duo. Yeah, they're a duo. Yeah. Um, you think uh, Doncic and Porzingis? Yeah. No. Not yet. No. Porzingis needs another year, for he uh, probably can be back to where he was at least. Um, yeah, I would agree. Those are the only two to me, and this is why. This is the main reason why I think the Clippers will have a hard time, because. It's either just Kawhi or when Kawhi is not playing, PG has a good game. And it's it's like the main reason why it's not going to work that way and the reason why I completely agree with you, it takes both of them um, playing individually well, but yet at the same time... Um, is because you don't get all of them all the time. That's the main reason why that doesn't work. Because when, when LeBron and AD, because they are a good duo, you get all of both of them. Like, you're going to get LeBron passing, dunking, you know, playing defense sometimes, the blocks, and you're still going to get AD dunking, back downs, open shots. Rebounds rebounds blocks like nothing changes from their game by them being on the court together same same thing with Westbrook and Harden although Westbrook doesn't have the ball as much I mean he still is the streaky uh you know um speed demon Harden is still the iso you know they still play their games and the other the rest of the team has to you know follow along yeah but with Paul George and Kawhi it's just like Paul George is just like Terrence Ross out there for them. Or like Damari Carroll while Kawhi is playing his game. Or Kawhi is just not like non-existent when Paul George is shooting well and taking good shots. There's two star players, and there's probably more, that none come to mind at the moment. But I think Joel Embiid and Kawhi Leonard uh, make it impossible to have a dynamic duo. Explain why. 
it's because they're very individual players. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it's hard with with the way they play. It's almost impossible to get the best of your top two guys. Because mm-hmm. when Kawhi's playing well, like Paul George is not involved. Right. When Embiid is playing well, Simmons is not involved. No one is involved. Right. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Embiid's even worse than Kawhi, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but to me, those are the, like, it's just, it's just the way certain guys play. Mm-hmm. And, and to be honest, with, with, I don't think anybody outside of Russell Westbrook could be a duo with Harden. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just, I, I can't picture a guy playing the way Russ plays. And it, it actually a lot of credit to Russ for playing the way he does with Houston. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. But I just can't picture anybody else working with Harden like that. Yeah, I I think, and Russ is Russ is another guy to me is similar to Harden in that way. I could see that, yeah. Because um, the games that Paul George played really well last year were almost like, in spite of how <laughs> Russell was playing, you yeah. know. Um, there was a, I think there was a brief moment in the middle of the season when they were kind of playing well together. Yeah, but you're, it was. you're not a duo when you do it for a month, right? I mean, you can, or, Ricky Rubio and Devin Booker the first month of the season were cooking together. Yeah, they're not a fucking duo. <laughs> like, right, right. Uh, I do think there's another regular season duo that I think is is very uh, very dominant. Who? Uh, Chris Middleton and Giannis. Okay. I think, and I this the reason I say regular season is because they literally didn't do it in the playoffs last year, or the year before. So right, so it's going to be interesting to see this year. But as far as regular season goes, and I can't explain how they do it, but they kind of play off each other very well. This is Budenholzer's second year. I is it second year? Second or third? I can't remember who. I can't remember if it's sec- if it's um second or third. Okay, yeah. Go on. But to me, um, it, it's just about like player style. Uh, more so than guys like fitting together, because I think great players could could be duos. But certain guys are just very individual. Mm-hmm. Very black hole ish, <laughs> and yeah. and it's like. With the right system, it works. I'm not saying, like, Kawhi can't be successful. Obviously, he can. Yeah, I mean, because he was, he was great on the Spurs before he became, you know, a go kind of go-to guy. When the Spurs, he was the 3-and-D backdoor cut dunk specialist. Yeah. He was great. And I think someone else could have coexisted. Another really good player could have coexisted at that time with when he's playing that kind of game, yeah. but since he became who he is, um, yeah, I mean, his game has changed to the point where it is hard to, for him to be in a duo. It's funny with the Spurs, like they had uh, Admiral and, and Duncan. That was a duo for a little while. Yeah, but the, their big three, I don't think none of them were ever a duo. No, they weren't. Like they kind of, you know, they'd have ups and downs, and sometimes, you know, two guys would play well. But they never really kind of took over as a as a duo. 
between those three guys. They were all really good passers. Right. Is one reason why. That's true. Um, all of them. And, and, I mean, you would almost have to have a debate on which one of them was the better passer. Right. <laughs> and um, I think that's one thing that separates them from a lot of other teams that try to be like that. Uh, and Wade and LeBron, they ended up being a duo. And yeah, and they're they're like two guys that you didn't think could make that happen, right? But a lot of that was because of the the way the Spolstra had them playing defense, which was low key genius. Mm-hmm. The way they used to trap and press guys. Yeah, uh, I, I still I don't I haven't seen anybody do that since. I haven't either. Like if the Rockets were capable of that, they they would be much more of a contender in my eyes. Yeah, and they would have needed to keep Capella for that, I think. Um, because now, when they try to defend up high, it's a layup. I, I don't <laughs> and there's they, no one there to stop yeah, them. I don't know if they need a Capella, but you do need a center. Yeah. You do need, like, like a Joel Anthony, uh, you know, even Haslam at some points. You just mm-hmm. need a, a smart defensive player who's who's just got a good basketball IQ. Yeah. Especially defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that uh, Russell and Towns can be a duo? No. No? Not at all. I think they can. Why don't you think, though? Uh, Towns. <laughs> Towns is ne- will never be the best of Towns. No. Yeah, I, I think deloading could be a duo with with a bunch of other guys. Mm-hmm. It just it can't be Towns. Why? Explain. Towns is a black hole. But he's yeah. like he he's like the the shitty version of Embiid, and I don't like Embiid. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. Embiid, he shoots too many jump shots. Just like Embiid, he floats on the perimeter. Just mm-hmm. like Embiid, he can't find anybody but his own shot. Uh, just like Embiid, he's not as good of a defender as he should be. Uh, yeah. And he's inconsistent, just like Embiid. Mm-hmm. Okay. I uh, I can't say why I think they could be, but for some reason I just think they could figure it out. But it doesn't matter this year anyway. Right. Uh, let's see your shot. Um, is there any other duos you think? Oh, what about Kyrie and Durant? Early prediction? I think they, they could play be a together. Duo. Huh? I think they could be a duo. Okay. Why? Uh, because I think Durant is a selfless enough player to where Kyrie could thrive. And, mm-hmm. and Durant is such an elite scorer that he doesn't need to ball hog to be a dominant player. Okay. Uh, now. But can Kyrie be. Kyrie if well yeah I, I guess so yeah I think I think Durant of all the stars I think Durant is uh, as far as his game goes it's the easiest for him to take a step back and really not lose any of his game uh-huh just because he's such a just such a efficient shooter yeah. Uh, so I, I do think they could, that could happen. Now I'm not saying it's definitively going to happen, uh, and that's a lot of that is um, my concerns with Kyrie. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but to, if you can't be a duo with Durant, you suck. <laughs> See, flat, I, flat out. I would have said what you just said about Durant, about Kawhi, up until this year. Oh, up until last year, I guess. And well, th- going into this year, I I thought that about Kawhi. I, but um, I don't see it. It's just, and it is just about desire, and that, that's the difference. Because Durant doesn't really desire to be the one-on-one threat, and Kawhi doesn't have to be a one-on-one threat. He just purely, even watching him, he just purely chooses to do what he does. When you watch, yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And um, Durant. Yeah, you're right. Durant doesn't have to, and he could shoot over everybody. So it's not like he's worried about getting his shot off, which is different too. Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll see someday. <laughs> One of these days. We might not, to be honest. <laughs> or we might see a small sample size. Kyrie saved him. I think Kyrie was on the hot seat, and now he saved himself by, you know getting this season ending surgery where, you know, now it's like, well, you're not going to see any more of me. So now you just have to use your imagination. You know what I mean? Yeah. They can't judge him anymore this year. It's like you say, Oh, well, we only saw him for, I I really wanted to see how awful he would have been in the playoffs. (laughs) I think like it, it was and I, you know, I could be wrong, but to me, i would never been more confident about knowing a guy would suck in the playoffs like I felt about Kyrie. Kyrie has a different, has a weird level of not playing good, though, because Kyrie could have 40 and still suck to me. Because he does nothing else but score and turn the ball over. I agree with that. I, yeah. That first game they played on TV this year, I think they played... um. Might have been the Lakers. No, didn't he have fifty and they lost to somebody? That was the that wasn't televised though. I don't yeah, think yeah. right. There was there was a game they played on TV early, 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 and Kyrie like started the game out with four turnovers, two fouls, like right away. I think it was against the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, one of those. I can expect. I would expect that in the playoffs, and he still might get fifty, but you know, doesn't mean he's playing well. You know? Yeah. Um, all right, what else do we have? Um, as far as teams go, uh Oh, Steph is coming back. He is, yeah. Do you think he should have came back? Yeah. A hand, he's not he's not coming off of uh like Thompson, there's no reason for Thompson to come back. Mm-hmm. But when you're coming off a, a like a hand what was it, a hand fracture? Yeah. Uh, that that's if if you if you can play, you gotta play. Okay. You know, and, and I'm curious to see uh, if they become competitive to close out the year with Steph. I would I would have sat Steph out the rest of the year. I mean, I'm not mad at that. And, and like, is... if he had the if like again with Clay Thompson's injury, you there's no reason to take that risk. Yeah. But to me, with Steph, you're not taking a risk. If he gets hurt, that's just, you know, that's going to happen. You can't just be scared of that in every situation. Uh, I just wouldn't play him because it just, I wouldn't waste his time. <laughs> and I, I don't mean that literally, but I would just let the young guys rock. Maybe I, 
if he does play, his minutes are going to be really short because they're not going to win any more games. And even if we do, it's just going to be not nah, you know, to me though. I, I want to see these guys play with Steph. Oh, okay. It's going to come down to how they can play alongside Steph and Clay. Yeah, but this you're they're still only going to be playing with Steph. And That's what's going to suck, and the team's going to be trash. I mean, they're still going to get blown out, and it's going to be embarrassing because Steph is going to be there getting blown out. And I don't want to see. Um, I, I just wouldn't do it. I would let Wiggins rock this year. Let Wiggins establish himself, you know, with the team, and you, then you don't want to see what Steph and Wiggins look like on the court together. Not without Clay, no. And for what? Because next year Clay is going to be there. Next time I I would be ready to compete is with Clay and Steph with the Splash Brothers. Yeah, I don't want to just. I got know. no problem with that, honestly. I, I just you know as a fan, I, I if you could play, you should play. Especially if it's like a finite injury that I know I'm fully healthy from. Yeah. Uh, but again, like you said, it's, there's no point. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, he's gonna come in and get some buckets. I, I'm excited for that. I just want him to come in looking bad like he did at the beginning of the season. He looked really bad early this season before the injury. And the team, I mean, you know, he was turning the ball over, getting locked up, getting trapped, taking bad shots. It was just it was just bad. I don't want I don't want that without Clay, you know, and then us still be losing laughing stock of the league. Nah. I'm cool. Steph, just stay home. You know, that's what I would do. But I get it. He should play. Um, if I'm speaking from my, uh, as a fan, I do want him to play because I do want to see him play, and I do kind of want to see Wiggins, but him and Wiggins, but not that much, not enough for me to want him to play this year. But um, how good do you think they're gonna be with Wiggins? Uh, you think they're gonna actually play hard with Wiggins? I mean, like just to close out the year, or you mean moving forward? Close out the year. I think they're gonna be trash, regardless. <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, if if I could get more from Draymond, maybe they could be decent. But Draymond, Draymond kind of showed who he who he is this year. Which is a basic replaceable role player. Yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, honestly, I think everybody knew that's what he was. Yeah. Uh, But everybody except him. Right. He real quiet this year too. (laughs) Yeah. Barkley really roasted him with the triple single. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A couple uh, times. Uh, that's that's tough to come back from, especially because he. I don't. I don't know if he responded, but I didn't hear about it. Yeah. And Draymond in the past would respond to everything. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's fun. All right. I am excited for them next year. Yeah, and I a, am too. a lot of that is because, well, they don't need Wiggins to be really good, and also their culture is very easy for guys to buy into mm-hmm. and, and Wiggins would thrive like Wiggins would thrive taking good shots and getting a lot of slash sharing like layups and dunks 
and getting yeah. out in transition. Uh, it's just up to him to, to commit to that. Yeah. If he can't thrive in, in Golden State, it's going to be a long career and not in a good way. I agree. I'm excited for that. And I'm excited for uh, what other what they do with this pick they're going to get and the free agents. Right, right. Because I'm expecting them to go hard in free agency. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting them to either will probably move that pick and what can they get with that pick? And, I mean, I don't know if Wiggins, if they're thinking about moving Wiggins or keeping them, but either way, what can they do with some of these assets they have? Um, I'm expecting them to have a loaded team next year. Yeah, I mean, just looking at them now, what would their starting lineup be next year? Uh, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, uh, Green, and uh, Collie Stein? No, they, they traded Collie Stein. For, right, um, right, right. To Dallas. Uh, Would they start I guess Pascal? Pascal and Green. Or who's their center now? Chris? That, that can't work. <laughs> right. But, They're going for a center in the yeah. offseason. I, I just think sure. I think they have a number of like small issues to address in the offseason. Yeah. And, but I think guys would want to come there. I do too. Like even if they're not, you know, the top seed like they used to be, uh, I think veteran guys would want to go there. I do. I too. think a lot of young guys who are eager to kind of find a spot would want to go there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I think it'll be easy to recruit for sure. Mm-hmm. And then what they do with that pick could be big. Could be big. Um. But a lot of the really good players are established on teams, so that'll that's gonna be the interesting thing. It could be a situation like Jimmy leaving um, the Seventy Sixers, like kind of a surprise mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, where you know we'll be surprised at somebody leaving to join the Warriors. <clears throat> but they like of all the there's a lot of teams uh, in the league that kind of have to have talent to thrive and be competitive. Yeah, I don't think the Warriors need that much talent to be a really good team. Mm-hmm. And they're probably one of the few teams you could say that about. Yeah. Uh, so I'm interested to see what they do. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> what else? What other news do we have? You want to talk about Malik Monk or no? No. I'm not wasting my time on that shit. Yeah. It, that uh, it really pisses me off. <laughs> Go ahead and say it then. I mean, it's not like we just saw uh, DeAndre Ayton cost Phoenix their season. And Collins. I mean, Atlanta didn't have much of a season, but he cost what's what was left of it. Right. I don't know, man. I don't know what press, what kind of pressure these guys are under, and and but but you, you got to have the right people around you. Like, where is the person or the people to tell you, like, dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But you know, we all we all get at least one mistake. Oh yeah. man, Embiid had a shoulder sprain. Yeah, they lost to the Cavs, right? 
That's bad. Yeah. They're in rough shape, man. They really are. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'll I'll play your gym real quick, and we'll come back and yeah. finish it up. This is a uh, Giannis by Freddie Gibbs, and uh, that was Giannis by Freddie Gibbs. Um, I don't really have anything else, man. Uh, you know, I'm a TV movie guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rewatched uh, Quiet Place, getting ready for part two. Mm-hmm. Man, it's really good. I forgot how good it is. Yeah, I, I'm pretty hyped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far as horror goes, I, I am curious about this Invisible Man uh, movie. I am too. Uh, I might sneak out to see it. Uh, seems interesting. Uh, but as far as TV goes, I recently got uh, DC Universe. Oh, okay. So I, I caught up on Titans. Yeah. And I'm about halfway through Doom Patrol. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I gotta say, Titans is awesome, man. I, I love what they did in season two. I do too. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil it, but they... The way they explore the relations between some of the characters is so creative to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and the stuff they do with with Dick Grayson is is awesome, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, the, I I'm so happy that he's kind of leading the, the show, and just when you think it's getting away from him, it comes back, uh, and it's paced very well. Yeah, it is. Uh, and I can't wait to see what they do next. Yeah, me too. Uh, Doom Patrol is a little different, and you've talked about it a while ago. Uh, yeah. It's more like fun, more kind of corny. Yeah. Uh, but again, similar to Titans, DC has found kind of like a really good way to deep dive that these characters. It's so entertaining still. Yeah, and, and this Doom Patrol, man, I, I would really recommend it because... It's very different. It's it's not what you expect of a typical like superhero show. Yeah. Uh, but it works, man. It does. Yeah. It, it works with how kind of crazy the characters are, and and uh, kind of how you're getting nugget. Like I'm, I think on episode five, and you're yeah. getting like nuggets of of like background information and and how you know what happened happened to these characters. Yeah, and everybody gets an episode, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I told you, Diane uh, Guerrero, Jane, mm-hmm. spoke at my school, right? Yeah, she's hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's really cool, too. Yeah. She talked a lot about it. A lot about it. I would recommend it, too. Uh, if you're into the weird stuff and want to try something new, you know, it's it's really, I can't even really compare it to any other show. No, right? yeah, me neither. Which is what I like about it, too. And DC's TV writers are just great. Yeah, man. They're they're character-focused, which I love. I just don't understand why they can't do that in movies. In every movie. They're starting to, I feel like, with with more of these individual movies. Yeah. Uh, But it's ten years too late. Right. And why they can't do it, like, bring one of the really big, big, big heroes to tv but oh i will say this this might be a minor spoiler but there's a character in doom patrol 
that I expected to see in Titans that I was completely caught off guard by. <laughs> Why? I was just not expecting him to pop up with these guys. <laughs> you know who I'm talking he's about? The leader. Yeah, of course. He's the leader of them, though. Well, uh, he's kind of emerging as far as I've gotten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was just, I re- was really surprised by that. <laughs> yeah. That f- the first episode, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, uh, but it's gotten better and better as I've gone on. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's pretty good, and this, a lot of the episodes, it's like individually the episodes are really good episodes, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say. Like, the season was amazing, just because it is weird. But every episode, like, you can find something good about every episode. I like that. And that's more than I can say about a lot of other superhero shows. The casting is just, is flawless. Mm -hmm. I mean, Brendan Fraser, you get Matt Bomer in there. They're both great. Matt Bomer is is incredible as the, uh, the negative man or whatever he is. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. So good. (laughs) Yeah. And Timothy Dalton is good as Chief too. Yeah. Um, uh, Zaza Pachulia is also available. I mean, he's better than some of the other backup centers playing too, low key. But he's old. But I just thought about that. I, I don't. Uh, I don't need Zaza on any roster. No more. No. I wouldn't mind him as like a locker room presence. Uh-huh. Uh but he he sh- doesn't need to touch the floor ever. I'd rather him touch the floor than almost everyone else on Boston, honestly. And I I'll take the L having him on the floor, which is nah. It is what it is. Keep doing your thing, Robert Williams. I see you. I see you knocking down clutch free throws. Mm-hmm. I watched, bro, the Baylor Kansas game was just miss free throw after miss free throw. Damn. It's weird. LeBron, <laughs> miss free throw after miss free throw. Giannis. Zion yeah. is missing free throws. Like, damn. It's, it's crazy how some of the best players in the league are terrible free throw shooters. That's the first, too, by the way. And, uh, like, in our lifetimes, at least, other than Shaq. Shaq was like the only really bad free throw shooter at all the stars. But Shaq would make them when you needed to make them. <laughs> yeah. But they'd win by 15 if he made any of the ones before those <laughs> You're right. important ones. He wouldn't even need to take wouldn't need to be in the game if he made the other ones. Can you imagine Shaq playing now? That would be insane. Uh, he 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 probably would be a good free throw shooter now. Because he'd take 15 more a game. Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> him playing against the Rockets? <laughs> that Lakers team, I know people joke about them and uh, them not being able to play now. They would dominate now. Oh, yeah. They'd have the win record right now. Oh, yeah. Kobe and Shaq's team. Oh, yeah, because all their vets were, were high IQ players. They were. Like, people sleep. Rick Fox made the right play. Brian Shaw made the right play. And they didn't take that many threes, but if if they needed to, they would. Right. Like if you if they if like the game started out and that's how we're playing, oh okay. And that's how they would play. They turn up from three. But 
yeah, I was just throwing that out there. Um, real quick, is it still a throwback if I play something off Care Package that's old? I think so. <laughs> you think so? Because it came out like you know five six years ago. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You got anything else? Uh, I mean, we we usually don't talk about stuff like this, but this coronavirus shit is not a joke, man. Yeah, man. I mean, the Olympics. This shit is scary. Do you? I'm not a conspiracy person, and I don't mean this because of a conspiracy. It's gonna sound like it, but I don't mean it that way. But it's crazy how a break outbreak comes right before the Olympics. Last time it was Zika, and now it's coronavirus. I mean, this. Yeah, man. It was the same year of the Olympics last time. Yeah, that's that is crazy. My my thing, the scary thing for me is like apparently people are getting it without any symptoms. Yeah. Like, dude, that that is too. As soon as I saw that it came to Italy, I'm like, yo, don't listen to Trump telling you that this shit is under control. That shit is coming. Yeah. If it came to Italy in two months or even less than that, like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's weird. It it kills people in like a weird way. Uh, yeah. So, it it is dangerous. Um. Don't let anyone sneeze, cough around you. <laughs> Wash your hands, please. Wash your hands. Yeah. Cover your mouth, please. Not with your hands, in the inside of your elbow, like they teach you. Yeah, I, I go into my or shirt you, or sweatshirt. Yeah, or in your shirt, yes. But, yeah, I mean. I came out of the movie theater a couple months ago, and this, like, I went to the bathroom, and I literally watched a dude come out of a, the stall and just walk out. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to slap the shit out of him, bro. Dude, the movie theater probably has so many germs in there. Oh, my God. You you really start breaking down that shit, you become like Monk. <laughs> yeah. Super throwback. If you ever watched that show, he was OCD. Classic. Yeah, dude. USA used to be so fire, by the way. Facts. Psych. Psych. Psych is one of my all-time favorites. All-time. I have all the seasons. I like Burn Notice. Burn Notice was good, yeah. Yeah. They got some new stuff coming out too. Um All right, we're going to get out of here. Uh I recently I had my uh iPod, my old iPod on shuffle, and I forgot how uh great the lyrics were in this song. Um and I need another Drake and J Cole collab. So uh this is Jodeci. Uh Ooh, good freestyle. Pick. And we'll see you guys next time. Yep.